at that time in my life as a paramedic, I was like, oh man, I gotta start thinking about maybe a career change, et cetera. How can I like potentially tie all these passions of mine into a curated package in the sense of the run coaching, the race directing, the run club, the community stuff, et cetera, et cetera. That was Jonathan Torquia, and this is episode 64 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn, and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim, and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. Jonathan Torquia is one of the most energetic and passionate people you could ever meet. And fortunately for the Winnipeg running community, he's directed a large chunk of his energy there. Not only is Jonathan a dedicated runner, he's also a running store owner, race director, coach, pace bunny, and philanthropist. Jonathan has been actively giving back to the Winnipeg running community ever since lacing up his own shoes for the first time in 2008. And now as a brand new co-owner of City Park Runners with his wife Robin, he has an even bigger platform to continue spreading the running love to our community and beyond. In this episode, we discuss Jonathan's foray into running as an overweight ex-football player, why he used to tuck himself away on the corner treadmill at the YMCA, what inspired him to start the Winnipeg Run Club and later the WFPS Run, now celebrating its 10th year, what he loves so much about coaching and helping others succeed, how he got cold feet before eventually purchasing City Park Runners this past summer, the funny story surrounding how the two of us first met, and towards the end, listen up for a pretty big announcement about us joining forces through City Park Run Coaching. We cover a lot of ground in this episode, but by the end, we think you'll agree that Jonathan is doing precisely what he's meant to be doing in this world. And now, please join us in welcoming Jonathan Torquia to the show. So, Jonathan, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. It's very exciting. I've I've been a listener of your podcast over the last little bit, and uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty honored, really, because looking at the lineup of people you've had on your show, it's pretty impressive. So, um, yeah, very honored, very pleased to be here. Well, I think it's long overdue to have you on our show. So, welcome to the Inspired Souls podcast. You have been a presence in the Winnipeg running community for a very long time. I've thought about our past guests as as we prepared for having you on the show. We've had runners, we've had coaches, we've had race directors, and we've had running store owners. And like, check, 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 check. Jonathan Torquia hits all of those boxes. And I think this is going to be a really awesome conversation. So it's quite interesting that... Both Carol and I know you in different capacities, but what we have in common is that we both, when we moved to Winnipeg, for me, it was over six years ago. For Carol, it was, a, what, three, almost three years ago yeah. now. The very first place, the very first run club that we visited was the Winnipeg Run Club at the Duck Pond that was founded by yourself, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. So you definitely have had a hand in building community in Winnipeg and Without further ado, why don't you give us a little bit of a background on yourself? And we understand that you didn't start running until about 10 years ago. So if you can tell us a little bit about how you got into running. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, not everyone who I just, uh, you know, who I've met over the last few years know my my whole story or my life story. And that's with running, my career and everything I've kind of done in the past. Um, and when I say that, everyone 
over the last, say, two, three, four, five years who I have met, and this is previous to my, my, my previous career, people, no one really knew I was ever a paramedic um, as my actual career job because I never talked about being a paramedic. I never associated with being a paramedic in the sense of I, I, I just put my, my uniform on for the 12 hours and outside of the, my, you know, my four days on at work, um, I would be living and breathing all these other passions, which were run and run community and you know, like, like the other stuff you said, the coaching, the race directing, mm-hmm. the events and run clubs, mm-hmm. et cetera. So no, no one knew my actual identity as a career <laughs> as a paramedic. So it's kind of funny, um, alter ego. but <laughs> my alter ego, exactly. Right. Like, gosh, I wish I could like be a volunteer race director and that would be like my, my job for life. That'd be the greatest thing <laughs> in the world. I mean, it is as a volunteer, but to be paid, you know, like a big six figure salary, like one of these guys for like Boston or New York or whatever, all well, that'd be a dream. But anyways, with my history of running and where I was going with all that is I wasn't always a runner um, in my whole life. Like maybe most people would think because I'm so involved with the run community and running and, and all this kind of stuff. For me, it only really started when I was about 22 yeah it's called 21 22 i'm 34 currently um and before that i was i I was a a football player through high school i hated running i would skip out on like the um in gym class you do like the fitness test where you run laps around the the gym then you do sit-ups and push-ups and sit and reach i would like try to like cut the corners and cheat in the running parks i used to actually literally hate running Mm-hmm. Um, and football, we would have to do it, um, as like a punishment form, like doing man makers and that kind of stuff. I was a big guy too. I, I weighed about 225 pounds. So after high school, my football days were done. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to make it pro anymore. Um, <laughs> in football, my own little world. So I was like, you know what? I got to make some life changes. And between cleaning up my diet and readjusting that part of my life, I could remember the exact same treadmill at the YMCA on West Portage Avenue that I would go on every single day or like five days in a row or out of seven, whatever. And I would slog along on the treadmill. And I'm, and I'm kidding you not, a 225 pound guy, my stature at five foot six, I was, I was pretty overweight and I was pretty heavy. But anyways, I was able to just slowly chip away at it. And what started off as like, you know, a four mile per hour on the treadmill for 15 minutes where I would be exhausted at the end. Fast forward one whole year of just total consistency and not knowing at all what I was doing. There was no social media. There was no Facebook. There were no running groups. There was no um, check your Instagram stories for a run coach in LA, what they're doing. There's none of that stuff. So anyways, fast forward about a year, like I said, and I think I lost about 40 pounds and wow. by the end of it, I was able to run pretty consistently for an hour, hour and a half. Fast forward a little bit more time, some more weight came off. And I got down to about 165 pounds in a healthy manner. And I ran my first half marathon at the Manitoba Half in 2010. My time was 137.43. Whoa. And at the time, I had no idea. Like, that's a pretty respectable time. Like, that's a very, a very good time. time. Yeah. And obviously, at the time, I had no idea. I was like wearing big, baggy blue Adidas track shorts and oversized, like, cotton shirt and like these like hideous earbud phone things over my head. And I was just like total, like, I, I don't know what I was doing or how to dress or anything. Totally a rookie at this running thing, but I fell in love with it. And that is what enabled me to just have this deep passion to see what it did for myself 
and how it truly shaped and changed my life. And um, I'm just so forever thankful that I, I, I literally stumbled upon the running thing. And it is really the root and foundation of who I am today, you know, 10, 12 years later kind of thing. You know, it's just in my own little world, it's pretty remarkable in the sense that like, I want to be able to barely run a mile without exhausting myself to, you know, I've done dozens of marathons. I've done an Ironman. I've run a hundred miles in 24 hours on a treadmill. I have done these pretty cool um, races and different events all across the world. And um, yeah, I just, and, and, and to see the journey that it's led me on to coaching and run clubs and helping others succeed and set goals. It's been just a really cool thing to, to come together and then tie in the race director part and watching other people get to celebrate at the start line and the finish line, knowing the journey that, that I took and the journey that they're currently on. So it kind of ties together really nice. But anyway, that's a really long winded story um, of how I started running. But actually, I think it's a really succinct summary of a whole lot of stories. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And, yeah. and we're going to obviously get into how it's changed your life and, and shaped who you are going forward. But I'm going to mm-hmm. just push back on a, on a couple of things that you said. So you're like, I had no idea what I was doing. I was wearing all the wrong stuff, didn't know what I was doing. But the one thing as a coach myself that you did do so well that I just harp on and on and on about with people is you were consistent. Mm-hmm. And that is probably the most important thing. Who cares what you're wearing? Who cares what your headphones look like? You showed up every day and you ran the miles. It sounds like, and I really think people underestimate the amount that they can reap from just that consistency piece. So what are your thoughts on that part of it now reflecting back? Oh, I mean, a hundred percent. You're right. I mean, at the end of the day, who cares what you're wearing? Who cares how fast, so self-proclaimed fast you think you are or self-proclaimed slow you think you are. And I'm the exact same wavelength as you there, Caroline, with preaching consistency. You have to be consistent. You have to keep putting the time and keep putting the miles in. And like Mm -hmm. hard work and consistency pays off. It always does. Absolutely. Yeah. More than anything else. Um, I I totally agree with you on that. And it's funny because like – I, again, I'm a brand new runner and the reason why and backstory behind the reason why I always went to the YMCA and I was always on the same treadmill, I had a lot of self-confidence issues and self-esteem issues. I didn't want to run outside because I didn't want the judgment or the fear mm-hmm. of not fitting in or the fear of, oh, this guy looks like, you know, he's really overweight and doesn't know what he's doing or whatever. Like yeah. I, that, that, that was a real thing for me. And the one treadmill I was on was like kind of tucked away out of sight, uh, out of line of vision at the YMCA behind a wall kind of thing. And that's the biggest reason why I never ran outside. I would have never, if run clubs were around then, which they weren't, only like obviously just running room in City Park probably had their house Mm -hmm. run clubs going on 10 years ago. No other run clubs were around. I 110%, regardless of all the hype and excitement and welcoming environment stuff on social media, I I would never have attended a run club. And it's sad for me to say now, knowing these comfortable, inclusive, warm run clubs we've created, thinking that like, that's what I was actually living then. And how can we change that on people who are, who are now in those shoes that I lived once mm-hmm. kind of thing. So yeah. it's, um, it's an interesting thought that I usually have, or sometimes I have with some people or runners kind of thing. So. So is that something you intentionally, when you started the Winnipeg Run Club, 
was that something you were intentional about knowing that your start was so, you know, you tucked yourself away on the treadmill at the YMCA so nobody would see you. And yet here you were wanting other people that may be in, in those same shoes to feel comfortable and included and welcomed. It was that something you intentionally went about to create? Definitely a big part of it, not the sole reason, but definitely like a very strong foundational building block of how Winnipeg Run Club started. Like Winnipeg Run Club started off as a run club that was, um, it still is, um, partnered with Lululemon here in Winnipeg um, with the support of the staff and members and all that kind of stuff. But nonetheless, we took Winnipeg Run Club and built it up from the ground. Myself, my good bud, Matt, uh, Matthew Emmett, who uh, lives in Australia now. But nonetheless, um, the foundation and the building blocks of it were to make this inclusive, welcoming, and warming environment. And I, I think subconsciously, that was always on my forefront of my mind going, I was once one of these people we're trying to get to come to our run club. Mm-hmm. How do we make it welcoming and warming and inviting for all abilities, not right. just people who run a certain pace or, or, or a, a quote unquote an elitist runner or that kind of thing. We want everyone to feel welcome. So that was definitely a part of it, I would say. Well, and I think looking back on my own experience first moving into the city, what made me feel like I could even go there in the beginning was it was at that point, well advertised, like on social media there, I think, I can't remember if you had a Facebook, I think it was the Facebook page, mm-hmm. consistent location, consistent day, consistent time. So if you weren't ready to show up this Wednesday, you know, you could always go next Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the different pace group or the different distance groups, right? I think you, at that point, there was a five and a 10 K distance group. Yeah. But those, you know, I'm just thinking, what is what are the hallmarks of a welcoming run club? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, other than the leaders welcoming people in and, and having those conversations, I think those are some of the things is that you did right was consistency again. <laughs> and then giving people options, right? Of yeah, yeah. okay, I, I know if I go and even if I normally run in the 10K group, I can choose the 5K group this week if I'm feeling tired or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, good on you for starting that. So let's talk a little bit about the Winnipeg Fire and Paramedic Run right now. You mentioned you were a paramedic. Yep. You're not still a paramedic, not still no, I, um, at all, right? No, no, not at all. No. I uh, I happily, very happily resigned. Uh, June 16th was my last official day. Oh, recently. And, um, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like recently, like uh, four months ago, five months ago. And then... July 1st, uh, when I took over, um, city park runners. So yeah. um, Okay. Well, we're going to get into that definitely in a few minutes, but tell us a little bit about the Winnipeg Fire and Paramedic run. How did it start? Why did it start? Tell us about that. Yeah. 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 Oh man. So like, this is like, like, well, if you're listening to this, this is a lot of who I am and why I am here today. So how it started was I was 23 years old, 22, 22, turning 23. Anyways, Long story short, and I'll make it a long one, um, was this is right after I I really found running. And so real quick history, I ran Manitoba Half Marathon 137. Then I was flipping through a running magazine. That October, I went to Toronto, did the Toronto waterfront in October. And I ran like a 135. And I was like, hey, this is awesome. I think things are getting faster. This is getting better for me. 
Then um, I have some family down in Carlsbad, South California. There's a fantastic half marathon down there. So I, I was signed up to go down in January to, to do the half marathon there. That year, my my grandfather had a stroke and he later passed away in uh, in the early new year. So in my mind, I was like, okay, do I still go to California? Don't I go to California? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go there. I'll run in his memory. Great. But I, I went there and I was inspired a little bit and I came back. I was like, no, I want to do something greater. I want to raise some money for you know the Heart and Stroke Foundation. Keep in mind, at this time, I was only on the city for two years. I was 23 years old, 22, 23. And uh, I went to my senior management, the chiefs of the, of the department, and said, hey, the police have the police half marathon in May. Why don't we, like we, like the Winnipeg Fire Paramedic Service, have an event like them? And I went to their uh, big executive meeting on a Wednesday and presented this PowerPoint presentation um, and said, like, hey, like we can have an event, half marathon, 10K, 5K, and we can donate all the money to the Heart and Stroke Foundation. And at the time, I was like, yeah, we'll just do it this one year and uh, and that'll be it. And we'll just donate the money to the Heart and Stroke and we'll figure out the rest kind of thing. And they're, they're on board fully. And I remember thinking, okay, like what do I have to do to figure this out? Because I had never planned like a birthday party in my life. I never planned a single <laughs> event. And as you guys know, like uh, there's so many different permits and rules and things you got to figure out and certifications and et cetera. Here I am, this totally naive 23-year-old just trying to raise some money for the Heart and Stroke Foundation whilst putting on a half marathon, 10K, 5K. So anyways, long story short, create a little committee, um, start getting some permits done and some advertisements done. And it's so funny to look back on like my social media stuff and like the logo I created was like, I Google searched like fire emblem and then EMS emblem. And I like word clipped them in half and I put them together. <laughs> and then I like used word art and I put WFPS and they're like the, the two symbols glued together. And then like used word clip art again to put like half marathon 10k 5k and like a ribbon oh my god it was horrendous but anyways <laughs> it's just so funny to see like the organic growth of this event so that year that first year we we raised thirty five thousand dollars for oh. for heart and stroke foundation and we had 1600 runners and the event was held on a saturday and i was like in my mind again keep in mind i was like this naive young person i was like okay, great. What a good event. But then I was like, wait, you can't just like not do this again next year. So then I, I keep I, I did not have a single intention on making this an annual thing. I was just going to do it a one year kind of thing. And that was it. But fast forward 10 years later, minus the storm year, minus two years of the pandemic. Um, I stay slightly 10 years, you know, we've raised $450,000 for the heart and stroke foundation. Uh, mm -hmm. We have annually 3,500 runners that come out now. I lead in uh, a committee of 24 volunteer committee members. Some of the most passionate ambassadors I've ever seen in running. Oh, man. I am <laughs> so, so, so grateful for each and every single ambassador who have worn the colors for WFPS Run. They are truly like the people on the forefront of our event who are constantly popping up on Wellington Crescent to do our, yeah. our, our complimentary water stand. They're always popping up at other charity events and other stuff out in the community representing us, representing themselves. We just have 
this all-encompassing like family between the committee, the ambassadors, and we are seriously so I like I'm so deep down grateful for all of like the volunteers and all the runners that seriously just support us year after year after year. Because I'll tell you this right now, and this is maybe very transparent. If I knew how much work it was going to be now, 10 years ago when I started this event, I wouldn't have started this event. It's a lot of work. And any race director listening to this will tell you it's a lot of work. Regardless if you have 100 runners at your start line or you have 10,000 runners at your start line, you got to pull the same permits. you got to pull the same logistics. you got to rally volunteers, rally runners, rally people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a big undertaking. And it's gotten to the point where our event is at that level. It's a pretty big event. And it is the freaking funnest weekend of the entire year. And I look forward to it every year. And uh, the last couple of years have obviously with pandemic have, um, you know, kind of been the dark part of it. And then the year 36 hours before our start gun was to go off, um, we had to get told the permit because of the, uh, the storm that happened. That was in 2019. That was going to be my first uh, run of it. I think I was signed up for the 5K that year. And I was like, so pumped to run a 5K. And then it was about a week before that this crazy storm happens around Thanksgiving in Winnipeg. So all the leaves are still on the trees. You get all this snow, snow. heavy, yeah. all the trees broke. It was it was such a mess. Mm-hmm. And so that's what ended up canceling. So the, the run was about a week later. And do you remember the day came and it was mm-hmm. gorgeous. Beautiful. Gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. I, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> but you couldn't get the permit or something. It was like a safety issue, wasn't it? Well, and there were trees down, right? Oh, yeah. Trees yeah. and power lines. And like they were like in code red for the province and bringing people yeah. from out of province to clean up the trees and cut them yeah. down. So it was all for a good reason. Now I look back on it, I understand. But oh, my gosh, just the most, probably one of the most gut-wrenching phone yeah. calls to receive. You have bleachers set up you have fencing set up you have tables and chairs in your food mm-hmm. tent you have all your medals and shirts all ready to go yeah. people are currently picking up their race packages yeah like getting ready to race on a sunday on a friday they're picking up and then to get a phone call to go yeah um either you make the decision or we're going to do it for you and i was like i'm not making the decision and they made it for us the city of winnipeg and wow. pulled their permit and uh yeah, obviously now with hindsight, looking back, that's definitely the, the smart play, but oh my goodness, I'll tell you, It'll it was hard. the most gut-wrenching yeah. thing. Yeah. So that so, was 2019. Yeah. And then the pandemic hit in 2020. I was signed up then too. <laughs> I've never <laughs> yeah. run the race, Jonathan. <laughs> Dang it. You're maybe you're the quote, you're the curse. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Don't put that on her. So, I'm and it kidding. didn't run in 2021 either, correct? Nope. No, fall. we did it. We did a virtual last yeah. year, but then this right. year was supposed to be our, our big 10 year anniversary celebration. We were going to come out like guns blazing, but then obviously with pandemic, we were so uncertain and we didn't want to put ourselves in a predicament where we ordered a bunch mm-hmm. of shirts and medals cases. We're going to maybe potentially go back up on the rise coming to the fall time. And then all of a sudden our permit gets pulled again, or mm-hmm. all of a sudden we have the slash numbers. Now we're out all this money and we can't do the event and then we can't give people their money back. Yeah. So I said, you know what? We want to be able to give all the participants their money back. And we did just recently, like a couple of weeks ago, we've been processing it all to get people mm-hmm. their refunds. Um, because we can make that educated decision not to spend the money on the medals and shirts, knowing that we're not going to have an event. So, yeah. and we didn't want to burn like um, year 10 on a virtual. So we, we didn't right. um, opt for a virtual this year because it's kind of overplayed. Everyone's doing a virtual. So we're mm-hmm. going to go twenty in 2021, 
um, year 10 2.0 kind of thing and just come out big next year kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. So that's good to know though, that the WFPS is not going anywhere. It's coming back. Oh yeah. 2022. It's funny. The amount of people that think like, um, I mean, before we get into the whole me running their own in the running story now, like a lot of people, Oh yeah, there's events still going to happen. Or like, are you still going to be direct? I said, absolutely I'm going to and this is just going to put it on a whole nother level that the event and new runners have never seen before because now having the store um, behind it it's just another monster puzzle piece to add to it so anyways it's exciting I think there will be a lot of runners and listeners happy to hear that because, you know, when you hear about a run that hasn't happened three years in a row, you wonder about the viability and the sustainability of that event. So Mm -hmm. it's really um, good to hear. There's really nothing else in the fall for road running in Manitoba. So a lot of runners really look forward to this run. So absolutely. Yeah. I can't wait to do it in 2022 for the first time. (laughs) 2021. You can't, you can't leave Winnipeg until you run this. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So here on the timeline, like you're, you're absolutely a runner now. You've started the Winnipeg Run Club. You've started the WFPS. When did coaching come into the picture for you? Because I I understand then it you took on a whole other um, coaching arm to your, your love of yeah. running. So talk to us about that. So just um, to add a whole nother thing to my plate, it was funny. It was about five, you know, I did Ironman five years ago. Okay. So about six years ago, my wife did six Ironman six years ago. So we were in Arizona and at that time I was coaching people totally as a hobby for free. They would bake me cookies or they would bring me a treat or whatever, random little in, kind of funny little thing. And I was doing it for free, uh, more of a favor to help other people. Because at that time, I was being coached by uh, a professional coach for my Ironman training. And I just started kind of helping people randomly, um, which was tied through sort of runners from Run Club and then people from in the community who would ask me to help them run. And that because they saw my little run journey I was on. And all of a sudden, they thought that I knew what I was doing. Really, I didn't at the time maybe a different story now, but nonetheless, I started helping a few random people and a few random people. And what started off as a total hobby, I was coming home from Ironman, Arizona in 2015. And I was, I was coming back from there really inspired a, because I had just signed up then to do my Ironman in 2016, but then also to like create like a, like a run coaching thing in Winnipeg because really there was no other run coaching option in winnipeg at all and i was at already at the point where i was helping like six eight ten people as a total volunteer thing not being paid not being whatever just a total side gig but anyway i came um back from that trip i don't know why i always get really inspired when i go on trips because I, I feel like a lot of people do they they go out of their comfort zone or their element where their home comfort area is and you start like dreaming and scheming kind of thing. Not to mention all the endorphins that your body produces when you're racing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you exactly. You come back on a total high. Yeah. Right. So anyway, I was coming back from this trip and like literally I remember in the airport, I was like creating my website and I like was emailing my, my guy who does all the stuff for logos and putting together like merchandise and all that kind of stuff. He, he's a brainchild and he does so much great work. But anyways, he had created a logo for me. And like, by the time I came back to Winnipeg, I had like a, 
a makeshift website going and um, like a social media going. <laughs> and when I do stuff in life, I do it at 110% or I don't do it at all. And like literally like within a week of coming back from Arizona, I had like a, a little mini call it business going and pumped it out on social. And just now six years later, yeah, I can say I've coached about 150 different runners, all different levels, all different abilities, all from different walks of life, from people who have never run a single mile, like where I once was in life, to people who have qualified for Boston numerous times and have run Boston numerous times, and everything in between. What is it that you love the most about coaching an, an athlete, coaching a new runner even to to their first um race completion like what what is it that draws you to coaching oh i i i genuinely 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 love 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 nothing more than to see someone set a goal and just freaking go for it that's what just gives me chills and like i get so excited and i love seeing others succeed more than anything else like truly, genuinely, I do. I'll, I'll be so jacked up for other people to succeed before I succeed at something. And that's like what makes me so yeah. excited about coaching yeah. and helping others. And uh, not, even, I, not even the word coaching, helping mm-hmm. and like assisting and whatever capacity that looks like, whether it's from a friend standpoint or whether it's from uh, an official coaching standpoint or whatever that looks like, I just get so jacked up, like literally helping or trying to help others or assisting in any possible way. I think that's part of when I put my physio hat on, what has kept me going over the years is there's just really something special about watching other people improve and succeed and achieve their goals. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a different kind of high. Like it really is. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. The way that I think a lot of us get into the sport is like your own, you know, improvements and stuff. So it's like you did your first half marathon and it was pretty great for a first half marathon. And then you improved on that. And that's really fun. And you keep chasing that for a while. But I think the very first time you ever coach somebody mm. to their success, you're mm. like, oh, my gosh, I must do this again because it's almost more fun to share in somebody else's success than it is your own, if that makes any sense in the world. And I think that's what we're all talking about. Right. And it's like, I want to help. I want to, um, I want other people to, to feel what I'm feeling here. And, and it's just so cool to, to get back and be part of something bigger. And I mean, that is, I'm going to tell a fun little story here. That's sort of how our worlds collided, Jonathan, only about uh, three weeks ago, if you can believe it. So we <laughs> didn't meet until like three weeks ago. But it's really funny because we're, I think a lot of listeners know that my husband's in the military. And uh, so we move a fair bit. And I always know that we're starting to like put down roots in a place when I start running into people that I know just out and about, you know, and uh, I didn't know you on October 30th when I went into <laughs> City Park Runners, but I knew who you were from social media. This is the the world we live in now, right? Mm-hmm. And so we go in and I recognized you, but I, I felt as invisible as anybody. I did not know that you knew who I was and I was in there with my husband and he was like trying stuff on or whatever. And you're like, Hey John, congratulations on Boston. And I was like, how does he know? (laughs) And then you said, Hey Carolyn, how's it going? Like you, you again, back to making people feel included and making them feel welcome 
in your store, it was like, wow, okay, so he knows who we are. <laughs> like, how does he know who we are? So it sparks this conversation. And within what, five minutes, we'd gone down the road of all of our wildest running dreams to retreats and getting a coach in the store and and all kinds of things. And uh, maybe I'll let you take it away from from here. What do you remember about that day three weeks ago uh, when we officially met in person? Yeah, it's so funny because that's exactly how it happened. And yeah, you're, you're, you're completely right. Like total strangers. Like I, and that's so funny. The world we live in is social media, right? Where mm -hmm. I've seen you before in the store, but I've never ever said hi. But then I've seen you win these contests and you come into the store. And then I think I, I, I follow you on social media. I honestly, but I yeah. remember then around that Boston time where your uh, husband, John, you, you were coaching him and you wanted to run a sub three or two fifty five, whatever. And, mm -hmm. and he did, I, 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 I purposely seeked out his results because I saw on social media that that's what he wanted to do. And I think that's the freaking coolest thing when people put out these goals. And I love seeing like, not not to say like that's like the end all be all be all if you crush these goals but i was actually genuinely so interested in a complete stranger <laughs> if you got a 255 <laughs> in boston because that's like freaking so impressive right like to run a 255 is, is just mind-boggling not only is it impressive but it's impressive to put it out on social media in advance right and like pretty audacious right and then he goes and does it like yeah anyway sorry to interrupt you no, no, it's all good. So then, yeah, so you guys cruise around the store and I was like, oh, that's that's Carolyn Coffin and it must be her husband. And then that's where I, I was literally walking. I remember I was, exact, I was walking towards the back stock room and I remember looking over to my right and there you and you and John or John and you were over by the, the, the jackets by the change room. And I just went, hey, congrats in Boston. And I could tell you guys were so confused. And then... I came back out of the stock you room and I think hide. that's when you guys are standing with each other. And I was like, Hey, how's it going, Caroline? And you're like, I can just see how confused you were in your face. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, wait, I know you, but I have no idea how you know me. Cause I'm like, again, like it doesn't go both ways. Like yeah. he can't yeah. watch social media. Like you can. So, right. so, Okay, we're talking about this store. Let's just back up a minute. Let's talk about the store because this is a fairly new endeavor in mm -hmm. your life with your wife, as far as I understand. Yeah, absolutely. So first off, congratulations on yes. becoming the newest owners of City Park Runners, which is a iconic running store uh, in the heart of Winnipeg. So tell us about it. Like, how did this happen? How did you become owners of City Park Runners? <laughs> Oh, it's a dream. It's um, it's so funny. Um, to give you the short of the long was a few years back. Um, we had an opportunity to buy the store from Eric, um, Eric Olin, who's the previous owner, and we started in talks and negotiations and that kind of stuff. And we we got cold feet straight up, and we sort of pulled out of talks and, and negotiations, etc. And at that time in my life as a paramedic, I was like, oh man, I gotta start thinking about maybe a career change, et cetera. How can I like potentially tie all these passions of mine into a, a curated package in the sense of the run coaching, the race directing, the run club, the community stuff, et cetera, et cetera. So time goes by, time goes by, and time goes by <laughs> four years later. <laughs> four and, years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So four years went by and then 
I was in the store as a customer in January of 2021, like this past January. And I, I knew Eric was maybe talking with some other people about it again, about potentially selling and that kind of thing. And I said, I just threw out to him, hey, like, what's the status of the store and you? And I know he, he's been wanting to move out to Gatineau where his, um, his long uh, distance girlfriend is, et cetera. So nonetheless, I just threw it out there. What's kind of going on with the store? And uh, we kind of chatted and we said, this time it's happening. Like I'm very serious this time. And I could tell, uh, I know Eric well enough just through business relationships. I can, uh, over the last many years with WFPS run and, and the store, I could tell he kind of had that like funny look, like kind of smirk on his face. Like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I heard this before kind of thing. And I said like, no, Eric, like I'm so serious this time. And you know, okay, you know what? No problem. Let's meet next week or the week after we'll go for a walk or coffee, whatever. Cause it's still the pandemic. And I was, it was a call, uh, walk in the park cause of the pandemic mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, anyways, we started talking and that was in February-ish, call it, and um, accelerate February, March, April, May kind of thing. We got really deep into negotiations and chats and ideas and all that kind of stuff. And by the time we knew it, it was uh, July 1st on the papers to uh, take over the store as the new owners. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really funny how it sort of worked out this time around. And uh it was, it was, it was a very, um, cordial, um, transfer, like very high, great terms. Um, Eric and I talk consistently still through text and that kind of stuff. He's still a good mentor to me and, uh, asks if I need anything and, and how he can help out if need be. He's having a great time out with his, uh, his girlfriend there and Gatineau and that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really, um, my wife and I were very excited to be the new owners of city park runners and that Eric, um, entrusted in us to, to, to take over um, or to build on his legacy mm-hmm. and build on the foundation that he had at City Park Runners. How long did he have it before? 15 years. Okay. And he, did he wow. start it? So it's 15 years old? He started older? it. Okay. Yeah. So okay. 15 years. Yeah. So literally it was 15 years old in September, that exact location. Wow. Okay. So that was what, four and a half months ago? Like this is still very, very recent and, and new oh. and exciting. So like, yes. Talk to us about what has been the most kind of exciting thing or surprising thing in the last four and a half months and the most challenging thing so far. Yeah, I'll just interject there for a sec because I bought my physiotherapy practice when I was like 23. So it was a long time ago, but it's a mixed bag. I remember being the most excited I ever was in my life and the most terrified I ever was in my life. And there were certainly challenges and there were such highs too so talk to us about it all like you've you've been in it a few months now what yeah. has it been like huh. I, honest to goodness where I know I we made the right decision was when we were in the um in Chicago um the same weekend you guys were in Boston it, I, I was pacing with team Nike for the Chicago marathon and we were in Chicago we were there for a couple of days before the event a couple of days after made a little trip out of it had a great time shop drank whatever great times <laughs> I drank my wife's pregnant, so he wasn't drinking. <laughs> but Okay, so I'm let's just with... pause you for a second. You bought a okay. business with a three-year-old and another one on the way too. So there's that whole layer of it as well. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, I love <laughs> juggling so many balls and having my face full for the top. If, for those who are listening who know me, there's, that's exactly how I roll, right? So um, anyway, so we were in Chicago. We we're coming back from Chicago, and traditionally – most of the time when we come back from a trip, I, I used to absolutely dread going back 
to the streets on the ambulance as a paramedic. I would go back and I would turn into a miserable person because I just truly wasn't living my best life. I wasn't my my happiest. I wasn't who I am and who you guys see right now or listening to who I am right now. Mm-hmm. So when we were coming back from Chicago, I said to my wife in the airport, I said, Robin, I'm actually just so excited right now to get back to the store tomorrow. Like, I'm so pumped. I said, this is like the greatest feeling in the entire world because this, for the first time in my life at 34 years old, I have true job love. Mm, And that really hit home for me that I said to her, we made the right decision. She still works with Lululemon in a high, Mm -hmm. higher up role um, in management there with them across the country. But I'm the one who's in the store daily and doing the operational kind of stuff and and these sort of front facing things. Um, And she has a lot of say in the background of the store, but, Nonetheless, I said, we made the right decision. This is the greatest feeling right now that, I, I, that I'm so excited to actually go back to work. I can't think of a better way for all of your passions, like you say, to align. Yeah. And it's so, it's so funny because for the longest time, I was like dreaming and screaming, I call it, and like trying to think like how I could put all these things together under one roof and under streamlined sort of thing with all these different things that I'm up to between coaching, race directing, um, run clubbing, community stuff, all these other events I organize and all this stuff. Like how can we just put it all together and make it a respectable career or or gig, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, that's why for me with this, it's like not only do we get to use these four walls called city park runners to sell kick-ass shoes apparel and innovative products and all that kind of stuff and provide a a great service to the customers in the community we also get to tie all these other fantastic streams through the store Mm -hmm. and for me since july 1st it has been the most rewarding most stressful all in the same sentence and and you know what it is it's, 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 it's a different stress though I'm feeling. Like I still am excited every single night, every single morning to probably walk into those doors. Mm-hmm. You know, every morning I open up a store, we put out that sandwich board sign that says open. And I, we pitch that flag in the ground and I like, I stick that flag in the ground with like vengeance. In, in terms, <laughs> I say vengeance, like I stick it in the ground with like extreme pride. Like yes. pff, we're open and you know, like the shop's open. I am ready to serve you. We are ready to serve the community kind of thing. It's a lot of fun. It is so fun. It is so fun to talk shop. Hearing kind of the evolution of your story, it's like it just makes so much sense in retrospect, right? It's like, of course, you're going to own a running store and put the run club and the the race and all of it together, right? It just it, like obviously, but you just had to have that journey to get there along the way. Like sometimes we're completely blind to it, right? It As we're going along and then, you know, you look back and it's like, yes, that's exactly what we're going to do. However, what I will say with my own little career pivots along the way, like I was a physiotherapist for the longest time, like 10, 12 years or something. And, uh, and when I went off on my own, here I am every day, like doing the craziest things that I am have no training in, like I'm building websites and <laughs> like making business cards, like all this stuff that I just never did when I was a physiotherapist. So my question is, is there anything kind of on the day to day where you're like, what am I doing? Like I'm I have inventory. I have employees. Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. (laughs) Like, talk to us about business. 
financial statements like what's yeah the learning curve on the job for sure i mean it's not all like what you see on social media like oh these are the coolest newest shoes and this is the coolest products we're carrying now we're carrying non-alcoholic beer yeah that's all like the fun fun stuff you get to post and you see on the front end there's a lot of stressful pivot points in the store where um the whole supply chain uh right now with with trying to get inventory and ordering shoes from the big brands and they're stuck on boats across the sea in Vietnam because they closed the plants and they, all that kind of stuff. That is like a major, that's probably the most stressful part of owning a run shop is trying to find inventory. I'm on my computer every morning and every single night looking at all the ordering portals for all the major brands, trying to ground up whatever, I call them scraps, whatever scrap sizes and shoes I can get. I mean, they're brand new shoes. <laughs> I shouldn't use the word scraps, but whatever inventory I can snag from Hoka or New Balance or Brooks or Saucony or whatever, Ultra, like all these different brands, because it's really, really challenging. It's funny because we inherited the store at the most difficult time to literally own a store. From talking in previous conversation with Eric, there have never been moments like this where you go on to order shoes or try to get a size run of a particular model, a particular color that you can't get it. Before previous pandemic, you can go on there. Oh yeah, no problem. We can order for you. I'll be here next week or in a couple of days mm-hmm. if it's in a warehouse in Mississauga or whatever. Now, oh my goodness. But you know what? We're learning at the most difficult time, which is the best because now when hopefully things become quote unquote a little bit better with the supply chain demand and all that over the next year, potentially year and a half, well then it's going to be a total breeze because yeah. I've learned yeah these things at the most difficult time so forged in fire man that's literally it you can survive now absolutely and it's funny like i was telling you uh carolyn last week when we met like right now i have to put all my orders in for fall 2022 well oh Right, like a year right. In fall twenty twenty two, a year in advance to secure my shipments for August, September, October to make sure that I have product coming in. If you don't and you miss these deadlines now, you're not getting your product until closer to Christmas time or later into the new year next year, twenty twenty two. And that's a total learning curve for me because I'm like, oh that's my god, game. like my head is yeah. swelling right now. I'm like, what do I order? How do I <laughs> yeah. order? What colors? How do you pick sizes and and that's sort of what I'm talking about. You're a paramedic by training, right? Like you're you're not <laughs> yes. trained in any of this stuff yeah. and you're learning. And like, yeah. obviously you can figure it out, but I just, oh, I had to ask about the, the those challenges, right? Because they're yeah, real absolutely. and they're your daily headaches at the moment, probably, right? Yeah. And I mean, like, if that is where my biggest headaches are, then I am doing really well. We're yes. doing really well because- you know what? At the end of the day, we're we're still getting shoes. We're still selling yeah. shoes. Our store has been the busiest it has ever been in the history of the fifteen years of existence. Mm. So we're doing something right. Well, and you also have, like you just said, aligned alternate sources of revenue and different streams. Like I'm not saying that you know WFPS is going to pay your bills or that Coach is going to pay your bills, but. Let's just talk about that for a minute. I understand there's been a recent announcement of some partnerships amongst (laughs) members or people who are on this podcast. (laughs) Tell us about it, guys. Well, it's funny. So just to go back to that conversation, I don't think we even finished that when when Carolyn and her husband were in the store. Um, So we talk, hey, congrats for Boston. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Carolyn, nice to see you. Oh, you know who I am. Great. And then literally, we, we started our conversation in the back of the store. 
um, back where the washroom and the staff room is. And then we literally like the store was so busy that day. It was so and busy. You kept, yeah. Carolyn kept on saying like, Oh yeah, don't worry about it. We can talk after. Like, I know you're busy. I'm like, Oh no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Cause I can kind of see like all my peripherals, like customers are being helped by my other staff members. So I didn't really have to go, but I could have anyways, it was probably any other person. I would be like, yeah, you know what? Just email me, call me. We'll talk later. I don't have time right now, but I was so entrenched in this conversation in the best way as possible because I just sensed and felt the stars align because I have been seeking further help with my run coaching business and how we can stream it through the store and how we can connect it to the store in a professional manner. So obviously I know Carolyn's background with run coaching and what she's been doing out there in the community. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is just the meant to be conversation. So we were talking, we were talking from the back of the store. We went all the way up to the front of the store, <laughs> did the transaction. Like she, uh, John bought some stuff, I think whatever he yeah. bought that day. And like did the transaction there. So we're talking at the cash register, got off the cash register. We went to the front door. We're like, okay, I will talk to you later. And then we continued talking. It was one of those things like, oh yeah, we'll talk to you later. And then like, oh yeah, what about this? And then the conversation just didn't stop. We literally could have stood there for hours. I know. And to the point that I DM'd you on Instagram after, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. I am so sorry for taking it because it was really busy that day. I felt yeah. really bad. Okay. Oh my God, guys, just make the announcement. Tell us what happened. Oh, oh yeah. So what happened was then we met literally like two days later. And, and since then we've been in like um, really deep conversations and in the best ways possible. And we're announcing that. Carolyn is the new head coach of City Park Run Coaching. <laughs> so excited. Yes, because I've been doing run coaching. Like I mentioned, we are going to be here in Winnipeg for a while. This is what it all boils down to. But we have moved a fair bit in the last five years. And so my run coaching, it's like I coach people wherever we live. I meet people and then we move and then I retain those people. And so I have people all across Canada. Like my business is primarily online, but there's real value in being able to lay your eyes on a person and show up to a practice with somebody yeah. and be able to see them and and provide that kind of feedback. And, and just to be able to know that that person is in your city and you can meet up for events and, and different things like that. So I have been sort of craving on my end, putting down those roots and being able to you know see my athletes face to face sometimes if if it all lines up so that was just I don't know it was like a very I've told the story a few times to to people that I've been talking to including you Kim where I'm mm -hmm. I just tell the story I'm like that was a crazy day and it just <laughs> it was very quick and it was just like what just happened I think my life just took a turn <laughs> honestly but to put your words back in your own mouth Carolyn it just makes sense like, of course, this, this just makes sense. And good on you, Jonathan, for recognizing the significance of the moment and that, you know, like Carolyn's there and I need to, I need to be present right now. Like this, mm. this, this is an important conversation to continue to have and not brush off. And those are when the most the biggest things happen in our lives where we just pay attention and surrender to the moment. And here you guys are now. So I'm curious, like is River City coaching like disappearing is it merging as is it now city park runners coaching or like how does this all work yeah so great question so river city run coaching which has been my run coaching business for the last five or six years six years will be dissolving and the athletes i had under river city run coaching are now under city park run coaching under uh, head coach carolyn coffin and um moving forward 
all run coaching will be done under city park run coaching. I am so excited, like more than like you guys probably even know combined in my mind. I know this is something I have to do to grow the run coaching part of it and to just offer a, a greater thing and, and, and offer something that I haven't been able to offer since taking over city park runners. My bandwidth has gone down to not a whole lot. And that's me being really honest and transparent. And I know bringing on Carolyn to the store, heading up the city park run coaching gig, this is going to open up. And I said this to her so many times and she can attest to it. This is going to open up so many doors for her, for myself and for the store. And I think it's just the biggest win, win, win across the board. Um, Cause all those things we were talking about in that, like, super quick awesome conversation we had in the store that we continued on for another last couple of weeks about talking about uh, uh, run clinics and run retreats and I said to her this is just the very beginning of mm-hmm. something so grand mm-hmm. it really really is like if I look on a big map it's a little pencil dot right now this very beginning that we're in I just see amazing big things because I think we're both um, I probably use dreamers and schemers <laughs> a lot in this podcast, you know, on like TSN where they have like a little counter in the corner for like when someone says a certain word or does a certain action so many times, <laughs> I'm probably at 14, but I think we're on that same wavelength. We're like, we're big thinkers and like, look out because now this will give me and her the capacity and the store to just go all in 110% and make this thing so successful. Well, congratulations to you both. I think this is amazing news. Thank you. Thank you. I literally have the biggest smile on my face thinking about it. It's so (laughs) good. You can hear it in your voice. All right. So just bringing it back to your own running for a bit, do you have any goals that you want to float out there or any races that you have lined up for the remainder of this year or 2022 that you're excited about? You know what? For this year, no. I mean, there's only a couple months left in the year, but... Next year, uh, I've been I've I've enlisted in um, uh, asking you for some coaching help. So I think uh, <laughs> you'll I think be my first client. Be, yeah, literally, I'll be your first coach client. By the new, coach, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know what? Though every coach needs a coach, and I have and a coach. I, absolutely, I agree. Yeah, no, literally. Um, so, anyways, yeah. So uh, I think definitely I want to uh, fire it up again because I haven't really. With the pandemic, like everyone else, I haven't really had an opportunity to go for a goal race. There hasn't been much mm-hmm. um, to go for over the last couple of years now, two, three years in a sense, so or two years for sure. I paced the Chicago Marathon, but that was just uh, a 410 pace with the, with the team I was there with. But uh, a race for myself, I would say probably Fargo will be my um, mm-hmm. my goal race in mid, mid-May there. And my, my, my dream is to, uh, to qualify for Boston, so... What is your BQ at the moment? Low threes. So I would need a three hour. I think it's three. I'd be in the category 35 to 39 right. for when I actually would run Boston. So it goes to 305. So we need probably a three hour, uh, three hours. Well, did you hear this year? It's zero minutes and zero second buffer. They, they let in everybody that applied. Oh, that's amazing. First time since I did 2013. See that. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. I don't know how long that will go on for, but I bet you uh, people are pretty excited this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. So outside of running, though, Jonathan, mm-hmm. you have a 
like a baby on the way. And <laughs> mm-hmm. when is your second child going to be born? Um, Mid-April to late April. Somewhere in there, that third week of April oh is, um, is the official due date. So it's going to be a busy Yeah, it's going to be a very busy year for sure. But you know what? For those who know us, like myself and my wife, like we're both just like we go 110 miles an hour and bring on another child, bring on another thing, bring on this. Like we just keep going forward and trucking and just it, it almost like just makes us stronger and like makes yeah. us more like agile and like just I don't know. You thrive when you've got more balls in the air, it sounds like. Yeah. In a sense, in a sense, for sure. I think that's exactly the case with us. So I, I know that's not the case for everyone, but for us, it's it's right up our alley. So. You know what I'm hearing in your voice, though, too, is something I've been thinking a lot about lately. And for so many years, it was this work-life balance, work-life balance, right? And then I read the book, The Passion Paradox. Mm-hmm. And in that book, it talks about there's no such thing for high achievers as balance. There are times in your life where you are decidedly out of balance and that's necessary to achieve big things. You're going to have to work like crazy, but you need to come back and recover, whatever. I like the term work-life harmony a whole lot better. Like when all of your passions are harmonizing, Mm -hmm. it's not work anymore and your energy level exponentially increases. And you mentioned kind of offhandedly that you let your paramedic job go in June And I'm wondering how much energy that's given you back Mm -hmm. as in the ability to focus on just one thing now, like, or maybe two things, your family (laughs) and your, your business, Mm -hmm. which has now encompassed all of your extracurricular activities. And now you're, you're just harmonizing. Like everything's vibrating Mm -hmm. on the same frequency. That's what I'm hearing in your voice. You are 10,000% correct. (laughs) And <laughs> like you, you couldn't have said it any better. So like I'm not gonna like try to reiterate what you just said, but you nailed it. I don't feel the stress of owning my own business right now or the stress of because this is all stuff that passion and the stuff mm-hmm. that I'm so driven to do and I'm so excited to do. Truly, like that that actually is like what that like, gets me so excited is like seeing people come in. Like we're there to offer them a service and provide the best customer service we can. And I, I genuinely like love being a part of that. And that's why I'm so attached, like uh, in so many ways to being in that store and wanting to be in that store. And it's not, it doesn't seem like work for me at all. Oh, wow. This, I feel like pumped just yeah. talking to you right <laughs> now. I'm like, <laughs> it's been over an hour and I feel like we could just keep going on forever. But I think we should transition into our rapid fire Carolyn, what do you think? Sounds good. First question always is, do you have a favorite mantra? Yeah, mine is uh, never give up. The never give up one is something that like I just like drilled in my head when I first started running, just never give up, never give up, never give up. And I would literally repeat that to myself until I was sick of hearing my own voice. Mm-hmm. And like, I just have stuck that with everything I did when I did my first Ironman, when I did that 100 miles in the treadmill there in 24 hours, like I just run that through my head. I write it on my wrist. I, I put it in places I can see it. And that's just something that I live by is just never give up. Just keep grinding. You definitely have not given up. So you've <laughs> what you preach in your own mind. Okay. So what is your current favorite place to run? You know what? People are probably going to say who are listening to this is so boring, but I love the Wellington Crescent stretch. Like I live a block mm. off the Crescent. 
And my bread and butter route is uh, forks to a cinnamon park duck pond back home. It's a beautiful 10 mile loop. And I can always bank on typically the streets being in the worst case, like in the wintertime, wet concrete, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so I, and I, I just love, I find that there's so much beauty in the big mature trees, the homes, the area. So for me, that's like legit my jam. It's probably the most boring for most other people, but I never get sick of that rope kind of thing. So no, I would yeah. agree with you. Actually, I'm I represent the trail runner in this duo that Caroline and I have. <laughs> but that is my road run place. You know, when I used to work at Pan Am, I would just, you know, run the the two miles up to Wellington and like you said, the big trees, the old houses, they decorate for all seasons. Mm-hmm. There's, it's along the river. You can see glimpses of the river all along the way. Mm-hmm. Just really lovely place. To I actually ran there yeah. yesterday for my yeah. long run. So yes, nice. I couldn't yeah. agree with you more. And just how they have that strip down the middle too. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're running. So running. Yeah. yeah, it's not on yeah. the sidewalk, like on one side yeah. or the other. It just, there's something about that feels very um, fancy. <laughs> To me and you always see people mm-hmm. you know yes too, yes awesome. yes there were lots yeah. of people yeah. yesterday okay uh do you have a race on your bucket list uh we touched base on it but yeah i would say i would say the boston marathon and all right for me that would be a pinnacle that would be uh, my dream it's something i've attempted a, just only a couple times to actually qualify for and how far off are you like what is your marathon pb um 319 and that was like five six years ago yep and then I, I i attempted to race like actually go for it again one other time um and at the hamilton marathon road three years hope. ago mm-hmm. and my uh, road to hope and my a previous groin injury pulled up mm-hmm. on me and mm-hmm. i had to bail out um from that attempt at around mile um 10 yeah um but sidebar story to that that was awesome because then i was able to pace uh, i was still able to finish i did not want to quit I was still with the pace, my friend Stephanie Robarecki, who a lot of people know, yes, her Boston yes. qualifier at that race. And she qualified um, by like 40 seconds or something. Oh, and wow. she said like, yeah, if you weren't there like yelling at me, like keep going, like don't stop. She wouldn't have qualified. So she did. So you know what? That was a great, um, uh, whatever, full circle thing with that. So Yeah. Earlier you mentioned race directing. If you could just do that. I think you said race directing or or maybe being ahead of the run club. If you could do that and that could be your income, that would be like a dream mm-hmm. come true. For me, it's pacing. Like if I could be a pace bunny, <laughs> full-time pace bunny for people, I just think like that's my dream come true right there. <laughs> so fun. That's awesome. I'll pick your brain later about being a pace bunny in Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So number four is what is your favorite running book or movie? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that uh, the movie where that chick runs the New York Marathon. Brittany runs a marathon. Um, <laughs> Brittany runs a marathon. Yeah. That was so good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I can like, I really like, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I possibly shed a tear in that movie. Aww, yeah. Um, I just thought it was so real and so good. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, yep. that was a freaking good movie. Very well, with real. Your start, with your start to running, maybe there were like glimpses of her uh, story that resonated right totally not knowing what to wear and yeah <laughs> I, I literally think like that's where my my emotional and like mm. my my attachment to that movie became was like oh my god like I actually like, that was me but yeah. like not New York Marathon and not her but right. anyways it's right. very relatable kind for of sure thing, so. mm, absolutely um 
And the Patriots Day is a really great movie too. I mean, oh, yeah. those oh, yeah. are just more modern day movies, like the one in the Boston Marathon yes. bombing. I mean, that was very yeah. powerful. Um, yes. But yeah, if I had to pick a movie, one of those two. Okay. All right. Final question. Do you have a favorite post-run indulgence? Oh, God. Indulgence is like, I don't know, probably an understatement. I go ham after like a marathon or something like that. Like, here's like the menu I had after the Chicago marathon. Um, we had that day of, we went for Shake Shack and then some other good treats in the afternoon and that evening. Um, like that was like a later lunch, but then I was like, oh, I'm still kind of hungry. So I crushed like $30 American worth of like Taco Bell, nothing fancy. <laughs> but then the next day we went out for like breakfast at this really great place. I literally ordered two full entrees and an appetizer for myself. <laughs> and then for lunch, uh, we went to Portillo's, like the, the Chicago hot dog place. That's like world famous. Okay. And I crushed three hot dogs, onion rings and a French fries and a big 24 ounce beer. And then that same night, we went for deep dish pizza, uh, Chicago style, obviously. And I had like a whole small one to myself. So like, I love to eat. Yeah. <laughs> and I always say I still have like a fat man stomach because I can eat with the best of them and I don't have an off switch. Yeah. But <laughs> indulgence, that's why I said indulgence is an understatement. I love to eat. I, I still have a hearty appetite. So nice. um, I love it. This is the most unique answer we've had yeah. to this question yet. I love it. It's great. Just give you a whole rundown. Solid fifteen thousand calorie replenishment. Yeah, <laughs> you're eating like you a marathoner, like an ultra runner. There you go, yeah, like yeah. an ultra runner, man. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, this has been so fantastic. I knew we knew it would be, but um, thank you for everything you do for the running community here in Winnipeg, and mm-hmm. we are so excited to see what you create with City Park Runners. I am honored and excited to be working alongside you. So I look forward to everything that's to come. So thank you for joining us tonight. You are welcome. I really am thankful for you guys having me. This is um, a big honor. 